0: Traveling the Vortex.
1: We joined the doctor as he travels the vortex, and in three hundred and twenty eight episodes we've never had the luxury for outrage. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty tired. Me too. My legs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a day later and my legs still hurt. Yeah. yeah. My
2: legs ache, my back aches. I'm only four.
1: Although I did do a lot more sitting on Sunday
2: than I did any other day, but
1: or Saturday I suppose. Yeah. yeah. How was your guys plan a Comic Con? It's good.
2: I hit my step total by noon all three <laughs> days. <laughs> oh,
0: I probably did too.
2: I wish Pokemon Go didn't suck up so much juice, because I'd have hatched every <laughs> egg in my arsenal.
0: I parked so far away, because well, it's, not, it's not... I say so far away, it's only like six blocks, maybe, total. <sighs> uh. It's not too bad, but but uh, after a long day at the convention, yeah, yeah, walking back to the car is the the longest. Yeah, well, luckily it's downhill on the way back because it's uphill on the way. And so Sunday when I got there, my legs were hurting from Saturday, and then I'm walking up that incline, and I thought, oh my gosh! But I, it's so worth parking there for free. I mean, it's I I have found the one garage (laughs) that is free parking on the weekends downtown, open for hours but it was a good con this year yeah it well was. it was a really good i really enjoyed it they had a lot of doc guests this year with mm-hmm. billy piper Catherine tate uh, john Barrowman. i didn't spencer get a chance wilding. i didn't get yeah spencer wilding <laughs> yes <laughs> i always forget him i when. didn't get a chance to uh talk to uh well i didn't get a chance to see billy at all i never saw her the entire weekend i Don't saw know.
1: her briefly when we were in emma caulfield's line i looked over saw her didn't wave or anything there she is yep she um, looked sick and didn't feel well and, so. well I did the same thing I saw John from Catherine's line oh. so, <laughs> uh,
0: but I have John Barrowman's autograph and I, it would have been nice to go t- talk to him but being one of the most busy lines of the con all weekend I just didn't want to spend yeah. that much time just to go in there and talk And because so, luckily Sean had gotten an autograph for me when he was out at a Galley a few years back so I didn't feel the need to have to go up there and do it again uh, although I have decided that at this point, especially since I only bought one autograph this well, yeah, well, technically, I only bought one autograph this weekend, and I usually budget myself for two, I probably now next time that I go somewhere there's an autograph, I might go ahead and schedule one of the photo shoots, even though I'm a little anti photo shoot, but uh, mm-hmm. I might do one of the photo shoots just for the heck of it. But um, so, I did, but I go, did go, go. I
1: did go to Catherine Tate's line. And I did go get to meet Barrowman, and he was very nice. He was he's a there, great guy. very friendly very uh, it looked like he took time to talk with everybody that came through and shook their hands and took loads of selfies with people that wanted selfies and yeah it was...
2: and both he and Catherine were out in front of their table yes. every time I saw them
1: yeah Catherine was always standing in front every time I walked the fast. nice thing
0: I liked about both of those guys is you paid $40 for a selfie but you didn't just get one selfie sometimes they'd take two or three and if there was a family they took one with each person And at least Catherine was doing it I noticed John did that a couple of times too and so it was. It was. They were really generous with those selfies. As long as yeah. you paid that, a bit, you know, initial 40, 40 bucks, they would just snap and snow. In fact, John take two. He took. He takes a straight one and a and a silly one. Yeah. 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 So that was pretty cool.
2: And if you want a really wild one, you got to pay for the professional job. That's where that's where the strange yeah. poses come yeah. into play. Apparently, <laughs> but.
0: I've seen a lot of those already posted online.
2: No, it was, a, it was a, now. You guys were there Saturday. I was locked up in the down in the uh, the great hall where all the panel rooms because that's what Mel and I do. She works backstage, and I work the front. How many people were there? I keep again. Chris doesn't uh, announce official numbers. There was a lot. I mean, it, it was as, terrible with numbers. So it was know. as
1: I would say, at least this, as many as there's been last years, if, if not more. Last year, I'll see, I, I,
2: the the conservative number that I heard was that they hit seventy thousand on Saturday again. Which, considering they estimated that last year with Stan Lee. If they hit that again in a non-Stanley year, I'm like, wow. I can see. I I, I can
0: see. I think. See I think the, the reality of that though is, is yeah, Stanley was a big draw. But I think also if you look at it as the people, if stan if Stanley is a big draw, I mean, if he's the reason why it was a big number last year. That big number realized how cool Planet Comic Con was, and they decided and to come back this yeah. year no matter yeah. who was there. Because I think they came there probably to see Stanley. Realized how much stuff you could do and how many guests Planet Comic
1: Con has. Oh, there was so much has. to do this year! Oh yeah.
2: I really feel bad that I didn't. I mean, between the Planet Entertainment Zone for all the kids stuff, and then the huge cosplay area that they had set up, and it really felt like both the vendors and the artist alley were greatly expanded from what they had previous yeah, years. Yeah, and the
1: alleys, the line, the. The lanes seemed a little light, wider too, which was nice. Made it not feel as crowded when there was a lot of people there. I think on they Saturday. had more room on that top floor now too, right? Yeah,
2: they they've taken clear up the entire all the way wall, yeah. yeah. the so there was no the yeah. the lines and
0: upstairs. And I, I, that was why I, I'm a
1: bad judge for how many people were there, but it seemed to be a
0: very good turnout.
1: And it year. seemed like it picked up too. Like when we got there around ten, it was a pretty, pretty decent, pretty packed. And then by the time Sarah, Mike, and Audie left around one it was even more packed. When I arrived on Saturday with the kids, there
0: was still a line, a will call line that wound clear outside and around the corner, and so they were still letting people in. And that's where we why. were we wound up in part of that line
1: hours. and went all the way into a part of the building I'd never been before.
2: Municipal auditorium? <laughs> yeah, yeah, municipal auditorium. Beautiful artwork and, in there. And then they turned us
1: around somehow at some point. And when we came back out and started, instead of going back towards where we normally went up, we had to go a different direction and back up and wound up going up through the atrium into the convention, which was kind of unfortunate because I would have liked to have Adi go up the escalators onto the floor for the first time and, you know, no, he had to walk through doors instead. Yeah. Yeah, Sunday was was a great crowd. I walked right in.
2: (laughs) Sunday was a great crowd. That was the one day we got to kind of experience the con and Sunday was a really good crowd. Friendly people and... Yeah, not Most, too packed, but mostly not smiling too spars. faces. Right. Spares,
0: still enough, still yeah. enough people to make it.
2: People had that we're weary fine. third day of a con feel about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were still mostly smiling. So,
0: well, you could tell that a lot of uh, the exhibitors, and the uh, vendors, were ready to check out. They just kind of had that look on their face, mm-hmm. like, "Oh my gosh, this is the third day of the stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done." I mean, I was, they weren't packing up earlier or anything, but they were certainly sitting there looking like, wow, this has been a convention. So.
1: Well, that was one of the things I appreciated about, about John Barrowman, was I went and got his autograph on the Sunday, and he did not act like he was the tired Sunday convention goer. He still acted like he still had a full of energy.
2: He's a consummate professional. Yeah. He, he's, he's there, he realizes he's there for the fans, and he put the same amount of energy from what little I saw of him at his booth Friday all through Saturday and then Sunday when we went and and talked to him on Sunday it was the same everybody got the same treatment and I think Catherine Tate
1: was the exact same way she was so nice to talk to yeah I got her autograph on Sunday morning and
0: she Mm -hmm. was just as you know enthusiastic as she was any other time
2: she was an absolute joy to talk to and kind of the same deal just you know personal out in front of the table and, and thanking people for thanking her for things and you know, she just she was great. I cannot rave about Catherine Tate enough. I was so happy to you get know. the opportunity to meet her.
0: Well, I had a lot of fun. Kids had fun. Caitlin cosplayed as uh, well. Both of them technically cosplayed as Undertale characters again. Although Caitlin changed hers up and did a different character this year. And Mason was going to do uh, Sans again this year, which is the costume he took last year. And as we were walking over to the con, he slipped and fell and cracked the helmet, the head that we had, uh, made last year and just cracked it clear up the side so he decided not to wear it but he had the rest of his costume on but next year i think if he decides to do sans again because he really likes to do it i think what we're gonna do is he doesn't like his face painted because caitlin had she painted her face this year well she painted her face last year but she painted her face this year and she did a really good skull and uh um, i hardly recognized her when i saw her <laughs> and so when we got there she said what do you want me to paint you'll go somewhere and paint your face because Sands is also a, is a skull or a skeleton and he doesn't like he doesn't i think i've talked about this before but he does not like anything on his skin he doesn't like face paint he doesn't like tattoo temporary tattoos he does not like anything like that on his skin and so he said no and so i decided because i kind of got the idea from somebody else that had this kind of cosplay is we're going to go to get a beanie a white beanie and he can pull that down and it'll have the eyes up here so that he at least has some familiarity of and, but his face won't won't be covered
2: gotcha so. that's a good way to do it what um you posted a picture of I don't remember from what day it was with Mason standing next to something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, another uh, no, probably Undertale. And he's looking
2: lady. like this.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think he's trying to do. Yeah, I think he's trying to do a face from the. It's. I can't remember something flowy, uh, mega flowy. I think is what it's like. It's. I think it's the big boss in the game, which looked incredible. Um, the thing about Undertale is people cosplay, and I think the cosplay style of undertale characters have evolved from the people that cosplay online because if you looked at the game you looked at them you would know that's who they were cosplaying as but the incredible thing about it is undertale is like this eight-bit game it's this game that i that would have been something i would have played in the 19 late 80s and early 90s i mean it's very rudimentary and so the i think the community the online community of cosplayers kind of have developed the the look of the characters in reality or or, or more realistic renditions of them and this the evil flower or mega flower or whatever it is looked incredible it was she, did, a, she did a great job
2: almost a downward facing brown pac-man with yes kind plant of tentacles kind and of thing. then
0: and if you'll notice there's a monitor on the top and then there's a uh, eight bit flower in the middle of it. That's Flowey because it, I guess the character has evolved into this really evil Mega Flowey. Wow. So uh, yeah, if you look really close, the the Flowey, the, the the picture of the flower that's in the monitor is the what oh, the, what, what it lo- it looks is the image like. from the game, and so from, of 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 the pre evolved Flowey, the, the the character that she has designed is is still modeled after gotcha. the the you know the the pixels that create the uh, the image but
2: being unfamiliar with it at all we looked at that picture and went what <laughs> <laughs> and the, the mason's expression almost was like what <laughs> almost no, like he, dad he, why are you making me stand no here with he this was thing? he
0: was doing a i think he's trying to do like a smug look like because sans like i don't know too much about this but apparently sans is one of the is is kind of the unsung bad guy like there there's this presumption among the undertale community that he's really much more powerful than he comes across in the game and so okay he he's almost in the disguise of being the good guy or anti-hero and if ultimately if you really got on sans's bad side he could wipe everybody out it's kind of the idea so gotcha. i All think right. uh mason's taking on that smug attitude like yeah I'm not worried about you, you know. Even though you're mega flowy and you're the big bad, I'm not so concerned about you. So he he does those little things. It
2: that, makes more sense to yeah, me now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so
0: that's why he's looking that way. Um, yeah. Well, the the, the thing about Untail is it there's this crazy. It it started out as an under underground game, and it just it's really flourished within kind of you know pop culture. I think it's still a little sub level, but it's it uh, when. Caitlin wanted to dress as Undyne last year, and he wanted to do Sans. I thought, nobody's going to know who these people are, but <laughs> but all power to you. And, of course, then we get there, and there are other Sans and Undyne's and other characters from the game. So it clearly had grabbed enough yeah. attention before last year. To be, and we saw probably twice as many Undertale characters this year. So,
2: My favorite cosplay moment of the entire con, I was seating somebody. Um, I don't even remember what panel it was for, one of the panels. And I came back up the aisle and barf from Spaceballs was, was <laughs> sitting in the and I went barf and I got dude that is great because I, I hadn't seen one of these before it was fantastic and so I complimented him on the outfit and then I went back down the aisle uh, back to my little station and I passed barf <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped in the middle of the aisle and did this double take because I thought he had run up and got ahead of me I thought it was the same guy it's not it was another, another barf, barf. I've never seen a barf <laughs> I said barf and he looked at me and I said come here so I took this guy down the aisle and had him stand next to the other guy so I could get a picture of him together.
1: I'll be darned.
2: And then, oddly wow. enough, on Sunday I, I saw third barf. Really? A, a wow. woman was yeah, cosplaying as barf. Yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah. And she she had a a Lone Star with her, which was ah, which was cool. That was an added cool. bonus. So Spaceballs is a thing. That's
1: <laughs> so cool. Did you guys see the the Hoth photo exhibit? You could get in and take a picture. Yeah. I saw barf, dark helmet, and one of the the space balls in there. Yeah. yeah. taking a picture in the Hoth exhibit. Oh, that would have been great.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Three, then, three TARDISes this year. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah. I only d- I saw two on Saturday, and then I came across another one.
2: Of course, it was more of a photo. Did we? Is three the final count on the TARDISes? We was thought it three or, three well, or four. Well, there might have been, might one have been more thing. that I
0: missed, but I definitely saw three.
2: Or maybe it was all the same TARDIS, and it actually did move. That would have been good. The, well, it could be. <laughs> it was materializing <laughs> in different
0: locations across. It was, it was different paint jobs too though on each one of them yeah also. well from different eras so it materialized away here and then another era par- artist popped up the doctor showed because you know he can't be there all at the same time that's so. true uh, with with special exception obviously from the time lords but.
2: <laughs> you know if we really want to go all out on, on the group cosplay idea we bought some paint to uh, do the girls Sean, run Sean we... do you know me yeah do you know me I do
0: yeah. I'm not doing group cosplay I'm not doing my own cosplay you weren't <laughs> going to break dance yet either <laughs>
2: Um, That's bought- to raise money, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we bought some paint to do the girls' room, which we haven't used yet, but it is kind of a, it's listed as candy store pink. And somebody made the comment about, well, you need to build you guys a TARDIS, and it suddenly went, oh. Pink TARDIS. Oh, a pink TARDIS. We could do a Happiness Patrol TARDIS.
1: <laughs> we should just have that our thing and take it around to thing. different conventions. And <laughs> People will show up and be like, I don't get it. Why is it pink? <laughs> And then we can show them Happiness Patrol Patrol.
0: podcast might uh, take offense, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) they should have done that first. Then.
2: (laughs) Oh, they may
1: have one. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Well,
2: it's still the same color, pink. So you know, it's it's an option.
1: (laughs) We'd have to paint it blue first. Or
2: maybe we just put. Gotta have
1: the blue coming out underneath the paint. Well, maybe
2: that's what we'll do. We'll just put Mel in the Happiness Patrol outfit and bring the can of paint, and she can paint other people's (laughs) charters. Yeah. Yeah that works for me less work
1: <laughs> one of the best cosplays i saw was a woman in a TARDIS dress but it was a first doctor console dress so the dress was black and white and it had the actual first doctor console in the in the skirt area it was a gorgeous dress and randalls there were randalls yeah, in the background Randles. of the console the,
2: the photo that you took did you take that with my camera or your phone my phone is it a full length yeah because the one that the posted ins- is from Instagram, Instagram. Instagram. Cut it off a little bit. I think we yeah. need to repost it because every time I went to find it and it was like, oh my, because it's gorgeous, and the Instagram squared it, so you lose half the dress at the bottom. I think we we'll try and repost it so you guys can see it, or we'll put it on the website or something because it it was a gorgeous cosplay. It was so yeah. cool. I, I, was will, I
1: will work on repost. Really that.
2: envious that I was looking at it through a picture and not in person because it was so cool. Yeah, really good stuff this year. And as always, our hats off to, to Super Kirk and, uh, and staff, myself not included. I did a horrible job.
0: Um, <laughs> you did. You, 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 you're pretty impressive at folding a line, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I, I, I'm being genuine here because <laughs> I was standing outside of Catherine Tate's panel, and I was kind of just milling around up by the door. And while well, the all the line had lined up, and the line had lined clear up down to the exhibit hall,
2: yeah, all seventy thousand people and decided to come guys, together and take
0: the And You guys realized that that wasn't going to work, and so you, it wasn't just you, but you and the the Planet Comic Con staff were. They moved everybody over, and then suddenly I saw this line, very organized line, come up and st- go to one point and then circle back to the other side. And it was just really organized. And when you walk by, I said, "Well, you really know how to fold a line, don't you?" And I mean, it was it was just really well done. So you could tell you guys have done it before.
2: <laughs> I, I made a mental note for for next year. I'm bringing masking tape, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tape the floor. Well, they and... have finally
0: got that down for the autograph line. Yep. Although, of course, they've been doing that for the last three or four years. Yep. But they, they they got it down and it, it works really well. But uh, yeah, I think that needs to be done for the well.
2: Timeline. And it's it's weird because you never it's know not, how many people are going to go. Well, to the and panel that's either. just it with Planet Comic Con because they don't clear the panel hall after an event. You're you're welcome to come in and and leave you know as you want, and that's great because if you want to come to a specific panel, you just come early, and you sit and you can get in the room and at least you have a seat. And I kept telling people, look, are you, if you're here for this, yeah go grab a seat now because if those people that are in that panel don't want to stick around they'll get up and leave and you can move forward and if they don't get up to leave you still have a you seat versus seat. the schmucks yeah. that are outside in line because that's the one thing we hate i hate having people stand in lines i don't like organize them and you don't like standing in them why do it but there are certain times where it's just because of the so many well that was situational too because like, you guys
0: had to close the hall because that would have been summer's uh panel and you had to close between bowerman and yeah and uh, uh Catherine tate and I, I i guarantee that's why you had such the line waiting yeah. to get in there because you i know. mean because i've never seen a line like that i have never
2: seen well, stanley like had one get like get that but oh did it because yeah.
0: oh well i guess i came to stanley after it, like about five minutes after it started well that was the irony actually i came to stanley five minutes after it loaded because i still saw the very beginning
2: of the it. irony of the stand line is the stand line was so long it went back down the hall into the convention room and out uh, the door it was outside yeah. and i think people gave up because we still had seats available <laughs> when, not it, many. when it actually started <laughs> Not but, many, uh, cause when not i many. walked in there it
0: was hard to find a seat for stan but um,
2: but anyway yeah they, i did get they, they, in to see did, catherine to
0: tate and uh I sat in on her panel. Was it How panel? was it? I didn't get to it see it. It was great.
2: It was really good. I was outside folding lines. Um, you
0: know, it's just, you know, they, they kind of banter back and forth and talk a little bit about Doctor Who. And there I didn't learn anything, really, except for the game that apparently they play on set, which is, I think, in some of the special features of either the Catherine Tate Show or the Doctor Who Series 4. But apparently there's this game that they play... And it's, uh, I just started a business. Have you guys heard of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can't do a clean one because I can't think of any of them because Catherine did the, the dirty ones. But, okay, so <laughs> apparently you start with, okay, I, I've got one. I think I've got I think I've think got a Doctor Who related one. Okay, so here's how the game goes. I say, hey,
2: I started a business. Oh, really? What business? Well, Did I do that right? Yes, you I did it know. exactly right. That's it.
0: You're, you're, we're right on top. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I have started a business where I'm uh, making uh, time traveling police boxes. You say, really? How's that going?
2: Really? How's that going?
0: Well, I'm waiting for something to materialize. <laughs> That's the uh... g- so you, and, and apparently her and David Tennant. Made this massive thing out of it. Every time that they would see each other, it just became a thing. And she said, "He has tons of them, and his are great." She she did one she did one of his that I can't say on the <laughs> I can't say on the podcast, which is it's, it's a sad thing. But she said it right there in front of the entire crew, and it got to the point where she she talked about that. And she said and then somebody came up and said, I, "I," the question. This is like many questions later. Somebody comes up and says, "Hey." I started a business, and she, <laughs> and she just right into it, Catherine Tate, without missing me. Oh, really? What? What is it? You know, it just it was it was very very cool. Uh, so that was the only, uh, really the only thing I learned. But Like I say, everything else was you know you get the typical fan questions, and and a lot of it was. And Red Dalek went up and asked I understand her Red Dalek yeah, had a question yeah. for her. Yeah. That was oh. kind of fun, but I, she couldn't play along because I don't think she quite understood where he was going with it. He kind of set it up in a way that. Um, he, you know, he gets into character and he does the Dalek thing, and he's he's trying to he's he's trying to get her to remember her time on Doctor Who so that she would you know oh. melt down and you know <laughs> brain would explode or whatever happens if she actually remembers. And she didn't quite get what was happening there, and so oh. it kind of fell apart. So. That's too bad. But yeah, it was it was quite enjoyable. But, I understand
2: yeah. she saved it at the end because he he said something to oh, the effect of she
0: does save it because. Uh,
2: some of the effect of you wouldn't make a very good doll like her. Yes, or-
0: and she says, yeah, well, you can't come up here on the stage and tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the audience just roared, too. So. Nice. It was a good con. Yeah. It was good. Really good. Had a great time. And finally got around to watching this week's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched I it today. today. <laughs> Did you? I watched last night, finally. so And
1: almost watched it again today,
0: because, well, we'll get there.
1: Should we move along then? Yeah. Talk about some news. Speaking of conventions, uh, Time93 has announced their next guest. Who, that? Adric. Hey! Matthew, Matthew Waterhouse. Water. Yes. Yeah. I questioned his last name in my head, so that's why <laughs> my brain went, nope, I don't know if that's Water. right. Waterfield, Water Water.
0: Hall, Waterfall, I, what is I, I, it? I was right,
1: <laughs>
2: but I just thought I was wrong. <laughs> they got Matthew. Matthew no. W. Matthew <laughs> W. <laughs> Adrick works. Adric. Most people know him as Adrick Most anyway. people know him as Adrick. That's great. That's a good gift for them. Yeah,
1: because he doesn't really do that many conventions, does oh, really? he? really.
2: So that's exciting. Well, if we're in on that panel, we're going to have to be on top of our game. We're going to have to come up with some good, some good stuff to ask. Yeah. I better put our thinking caps on now.
1: So he's joined by Dominic Glenn, Sylvester McCoy, Eric Roberts, and Katie Manning for Time 83 so far.
2: Wide variety of guests, too. Yes, yes, yes.
1: And our other bit of news, our good friends at Candy Jar announced the next Lethbridge Stewart short, digital story, called United in Blood, written by Mark Jones. Uh, apparently Mark was taught to write a television script by a Thunderbirds creator. Gary Anderson. Yeah. And then co-created a John Pertwee, Patrick Troughton TV project called Star Starwatch.
2: So he's got some serious cred behind him. You have the more Brit background than I did. Is it Gary Anderson or Jerry Anderson from Thunderbirds? It's Gary, isn't it?
0: I think it's Jerry Anderson. I'm not sure. G-E- 100%. G-E-R-R-Y. It G-E-R-R-Y. It's G-E-R-R-R-Y.
1: But, it's G-R-Y. G-R-Y. but I, think it's,
2: I
0: think it is Jerry. Okay. I think it is a, a soft G instead of a hard G. I could be wrong, you know. I'm sure somebody will write in and say, Nope, you're wrong.
2: Somebody let us know. <laughs> che- check
0: with Brenda. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> She's the one who can correct us on names.
2: I hope Brenda still has internet access since Atlanta's falling apart right now. Yeah,
0: no kidding. Atlanta's falling apart? Their infrastructure. Oh, no. <laughs> They've
2: had, like, I don't know what, three roads? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. so they're just
0: poof, Oof. crumbling underneath their feet. Oh, that's not good.
2: Let us know you're okay, Brenda. Yeah. Go, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Atlanta's a big city.
0: So. <laughs> I'm not sure she lives in Atlanta proper, either. She might live in one of those little... Well, that might make it more
1: difficult to get to well, work. Well, Maybe. So, a short story, and that's exciting. Exciting stuff. You can go on that Candy Jar it. website and read the blurb about the story. Looking forward to reading it.
0: Definitely. Yes. And we will get back into our reviews of uh, Lethbridge Stewart materials. Uh, unfortunately, we had to put that on hold for Doctor Who's return. So, we're getting there. Yes. It's nice that they had a little break, too, between the main novels.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. worked to our advantage. Yes, certainly. We'll move right along to feedback and begin with
2: Holly. Holly writes smile and thin eyes Hey guys, looks like some gremlins decided to obscond with the email that I sent you last week for Smile. Unless the emoji robots got to it, there was nothing sad in it at all. No need for it to be turned into virtual fertilizer. <laughs> Here it is along with my thoughts on Thin Ice. Smile. Loved the opening music. Can't go wrong with Elton John. Smiley face. Okay, I'll limit my use of emojis. I enjoyed this episode. The doctor plotting against Nardle to take Bill on a trip. Now, did I miss something about the Doctor's oath about staying planetside during the finale last season? Or is this a new, or a Time Lord you don't have any choice a la the third Doctor? Or maybe the memory wipe that happened? The Time Lords could have told the Doctor pretty much anything, and he'd agree to it. Probably also has to deal with the Vault, too. Those emoji-loving robots. I. I wouldn't
0: uh, just let me jump in I wouldn't overthink that Holly because I don't think any of us know no. why he has a. I think it's self-imposed but I don't know why he has a self-imposed Although exile it, right now I, I do
1: wonder if it was a promise to somebody
0: well I think the oath is to someone to keep Whatever's in that vault, in that vault, yes. is what it ultimately that's comes what down I, to. That's but I think, I think what they're also. doing is they're backing into that mystery, and that's yes. why we don't yes. know for sure. We're getting they're dropping little hints. It's this and it's year's be missing. A fur line. Yeah, we don't well, think you've missed. It might anything. literally be this year's missing <laughs> because I
1: think I know know's in that vault. Oh, we don't think you've. I missed I think missed you anything. and I have different opinions on what's in the vault. Oh, right.
2: <laughs> Uh, I have to admit, I love seeing what the emojis were going to pop up for the doctor, like how the doctor is giving bits and pieces about who he is to Bill. She is rolling with the information pretty well. Her high blood pressure line and the doctor's response of very high was appropriate. The Time Lords have a way of making the blood pressure rise. The Vardis grinding up the bones for fertilizer and the doctor explaining that to Bill almost had me saying aloud to the TV, Soil and Greed is people! (laughs) Plus, they also reminded me a bit of the Vashti Narada without the double shadows. Bill is really holding her own. The doctor, thinking he had landed back in time for tea and finding out that wasn't the case, was a nice touch. Thin ice. I have to say, the interactions between Bill and the doctor keep getting better week by week. Her calling him out on how easy it is for him to move on was somewhat a charged scene. Sure, the doctor's over 2,000 years old. He may have become just a bit desensitized. But if it's someone or something close to him, it affects him deeply. The ending... Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe. Is that the character's name? Yeah. Okay, I missed that during the whole episode. <laughs> I have to go back and rewatch it because there were, I feel like there Sutcliffe? were great chunks in it. Yeah. Sorry. The ending was Sutcliffe getting his just desserts. Nuff said. Tea mixed with coffee. Think I'll pass. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah.
1: Don't water down my coffee like Don't that. Don't ruin my tea like that. <laughs> Don't ruin
2: my tea. Okay, really wondering what is knocking around in the vault that has Nardle nervous. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to your review of this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly.
1: Thank you, Holly. And I'm glad the gremlins did not abscond with that bit of feedback this time. (laughs) Up next is Justin. Justin writes, first time emailer. (laughs)
0: Welcome, Justin. Welcome, Justin. Hey, guys. I am a TV series listener, meaning I listen during the seasons to hear your input because it matters to me not interested in the books or audio drama stuff way too much overload for me but I love the show so I go to Google and to get your site and all the happiness and one of the first things that pops up on Google is Google Maps with the location of the traveling the vortex studios Lo and behold it's right down the street from where my family lives is that an accurate location because if so it is awesome to have super fans nearby and maybe that explains the white car I had seen so many times with DW stuff on it. So that was my question slash statement. Cool to have a podcast I stumbled on two years ago that happens to be in the city I live the, that potentially records right down the street. Justin. First of all, Justin, thank you for um, finally emailing you. I'm yeah. glad you've been listening for yeah. so many years. Um you're sort of right. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is right down the street from your family. Unfortunately, when I put the location on Google Maps, I entered the address wrong, and the dot actually shows up right next door to where we actually record the, <laughs> the <laughs> podcast. So I guess if you're trying to stock, uh, I hope Sean. people aren't
1: sending checks or mail <laughs> or anything <laughs> exactly, to the wrong exactly. house. <laughs> uh,
0: Google Maps had an opportunity for uh, people to become... I think it's like meta contributors or something like that. And I applied years and years ago, and then much more recently, I decided that I wanted Sean's house to be a, qualify as a PokeStop, and so I put the family <laughs> of Fortech Studios on Google Maps because that's where they usually aggregate some of their material. Dude, well, I'd be all over that. Unfortunately, <laughs> they closed the application progress at least temporary, and I think that was because they started taking on like uh, Sprint and. <laughs> Uh, Starbucks and things like that as as paid spots because what happened is you used to be able to do that specific for uh, Ingress which was the first game that utilized the same structure that Pokemon Go does and so that's why I did it because I knew that Ingress did that and unfortunately now it's closed so I can't nominate it for a, a Pokestop but it's on there, and it is on the map, and we are literally down the street from your family, and that's where we record. So, however, the unbeknownst white car- to Sean, who I never told, <laughs> never knew that if he searched on Google Maps, he would find the house right next to his house marked as traveling the Vortex Studios.
1: It's all good. It's fa- it just fa- Google Maps has face shifted.
0: Yes, it has face shifted. That's that.
1: The, why didn't I start with that? Then I wouldn't sound like <laughs> such an idiot for putting the wrong numbers in because well, of- the other story is just too great. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a great story. Part of it is because we're I live on a cul-de-sac, yes. so Google Maps is a little flighty. It's, it struggles about that. with numbers. It is anyway. Yeah.
0: No, I literally put the wrong numbers in, and then I could not. There is no way to retract that. And if <laughs> I tried, in fact, I, I tried to do your house, and then I was just gonna make it both. You know, that's like the location for. It didn't work. So, <laughs> but so traveling the vortex studios is is on Google Maps right now. You just so if you want to stalk Sean, you <laughs> just, can. Not uh, <laughs> just not at that address. Not at that address. <laughs> just one house away. I won't tell you which direction.
1: Oh, that's a mystery. <laughs> As far
0: as the I white car with Doctor Who, that's yeah. another fan. That must that's be another fan, because none
1: of us have a white car or Doctor Who markings. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's if
1: well, I, if, I, if I take Sarah's car, it has a TARDIS license plate on the front. It does. Mine does not. And red One on the back. Yeah. So if you see Red One driving around, that's me, or Sarah. And I'm boring. I have no markings whatsoever. I, I do have I an out of, out of out-of-time California license plate on the front of mine. That's right. So... <laughs> But anyway, small world, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <very small> world. <laughs> Which
2: just goes to show that we really need to get something organized here in town. Yeah, We, we need to do a, yeah. a day at the library we, or something.
0: We, yeah, we keep talking about that, but we really
1: need to get organized to do something. So,
2: Well, I'm glad to hear from you, Justin. Welcome to our loyal family of feedback. And, and if we don't get
1: something planned by TopCon, come and find us at, TopCon. Find us at TopCon. Yeah, definitely yeah, come find us at TopCon. Yeah. Even if we do have something planned, still come find us at TopCon. Or come up to British Fest and next month it's now it'll be june
0: is next month so we'll be at british fest in omaha which is only a few hours away so or we'll come down to, to time back. eddie in wichita time eddie in wichita is only a couple hours away we're everywhere
1: <laughs> top is <laughs> probably the easiest since yes. it's down but. our last bit of feedback comes from kirk he says post planet vortex feedback hey vortex crew Well, Planet Comic-Con Kansas City has wrapped for another year, so I can actually spare a few moments for some overdue feedback. First, I want to thank you all for being such an important part of Planet Comic-Con each year. I'm eager for this week's podcast so I can hear all of your stories. I know that Sean and Mel put in long hours in our main panel room on Friday and Saturday. I hope they got to explore the rest of the show on Sunday. Turning my attention to Doctor Who, it was a huge thrill to have Billy Piper, John Barrowman, and Catherine Tate they were all fan favorites. Catherine won special praise from our green room team for being especially delightful and gracious. I only had the chance to speak with Billy as we briefly with Billy as we coordinated a few seconds of television news footage, and she was extremely nice even though she was battling battling jet lag and allergies. It's no surprise to us, but it turns out there's a lot of pollen in Kansas City in April. <laughs> I have managed to stay caught up on Doctor Who, although I was dismayed to discover that the power had gone up my house Saturday night, cutting off the last four minutes of my recording of Thin Ice.
2: Oh! iTunes
1: to the rescue!
2: Yay!
1: My thoughts for season 10 so far. Yeah, I think I'm in low-key in love with her. <laughs> so, breaking from his feedback real quick, I got to see Kirk last or on Monday before Planet Comic Con for orientation, and he was so excited to talk Doctor Who with me because he kept saying, I keep meaning to sit down and send them feedback and realize the deadline's passed. <laughs> so I'm glad he got something in this week.
2: I had a similar discussion with him at uh, a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> he came over with a jello brain, but it was like, oh, you want to talk Doctor Who instead of the comics? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I unfortunately did not get a chance to catch up with Kirk, although I did see him, but he was quite busy when I, yeah. when I ran across <laughs> him. So
1: He continues, I adored the pilot. Pearl Mackie made Bill come to life in the most wonderful way. I thought the writing, performance, direction, and music were all at the top of the game. Moffat broke his usual style of plot-packed puzzle box stories and slowed down to give us an episode that was primarily about characters and relationships. It was fine by me that the monster and the... The monster story was a bit thin, because Moffat's Doctor Who typically errs on the side of too much story and too many gimmicks. Unlike many recent seasons, every story so far seems like it can easily be enjoyed by someone who's never seen Doctor Who before, but they are also fun for a grizzled old Whovian like me. Grade A. You all covered Smile well. I thought it was delightful for the first two thirds, but fell apart with an illogical unearned hand wave solution at the end. Regardless, the, do- the Dr. Bill relationship continued to blossom and make the episode a joy to watch. Grade B+. plus. Even with my rudely truncated viewing of Thin Ice, it ranks for me as one of Capaldi's best outings. Again, the monster villain was not explored in detail, but I was enchanted by the relationship of do- the Dr. and Bill. I thought season 8 suffered because Moffat's writing and Capaldi's performance weren't meshing, but that has all changed. This compassionate but quirky doctor is spot on. I suppose I could nitpick an an element or two of thin ice, but I won't because love love is blind, and like I said, I'm in love with this season so far. Grade A. That's enough for now. Thanks for the great podcast, guys. I hope to send feedback more regularly for the rest of the season. Kirk.
2: Thank you, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. And I hope you take a well-deserved break (laughs) from your Comic-Con duties for at least a week. Yeah. I know you got to start looking forward to next year. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. And of course, don't forget you can send us feedback by going to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and filling out the "Send Us Feedback" tab, or reach out to us on any form of social media. All right, let's move on to our review. Thin ice in Regency England, beneath the frozen Thames, something is stirring. The doctor and Bill arrive at the last of the Great Frost Fairs and find themselves investigating a string of impossible disappearances. People have been vanishing on the ice. Bill is about to discover the past is more like her world than she expected, and not all monsters come from outer space. I'm going to do this because I don't often do this because I don't really (laughs) like this as
0: a rating system, but I am going to do this this time because this was most definitely a
2: dun-dun-dun for me. Would you like to give it a golden bow tie? Gold bow tie, uh, absolutely all a golden bow tie. <laughs>
0: this was a phenomenal story for me, and what made it phenomenal had nothing to do with the story itself, <laughs> because the story is really just kind of a run-of-the-mill story. It's In very fact, basic. if I were to take this story. I think this could have easily been a first Doctor or second Doctor story. Now, it wouldn't have been as glamorous. It wouldn't have had the CGI effects. But the base idea of the story is very much in line with classic Doctor Who. Now, that being said, the writing, actually, the performance of the writing in this story is what makes this so great. And there are some wonderful lines in here. and there, So there's a lot of heart. And I love the fact that the Doctor is we're getting that uh, doctor companion relationship of teacher student and it continues to come across and bill sells it as the student and uh, the doctor sells it as the teacher and he does this wonderful job of putting her in questioning situations that aren't stupid questions it's he puts her in a situation or if she brings up a question that may seem kind of rudimentary he turns it so that it becomes a learning experience for her and it's there this story does the best job of doing that uh, not to mention i love the speech he makes to uh, we just said what's his, his face yeah <laughs> lord uh, the bad guy yeah i love the speech i love the speech sutcliffe. that he made sutcliffe i love the speech that he makes to sutcliffe 10 times better than the one that everybody loves in Zygon's. The Zygon two-parter. What's, what's great I love the Zygon two-parter speech, don't get me wrong.
1: But this one nails down to the simplicity of humanity, and it was incredible. Which, it wasn't as impassioned of a speech as the Zygon two-parter. It wasn't delivered as impassioned. No, that's what I mean. It yeah. wasn't delivered as impassioned. Well, the stakes
2: weren't as dire. Yeah,
1: but it had... Be- because it was almost a simpler speech and because it nails down so much the simplicity of humanity, it impacts a lot greater, I thought. The best line is, human progress isn't measured by
0: industry. It's measured by the value you place on life, an unimportant life, a life without privilege. And I think you could stop there and get tons out of what he just says there. He does go on to say, the boy who died on the li- river, that boy's value is your value. That's what defines an age. That's what defines a species, and it obviously, it's, it is much better going on. But you can you can break this thing down oh, and yeah. use any part of this to just really deliver a powerful message. And it's well,
1: uh, and, and that's what I love about this episode too is that it's not just in that speech; it's sprinkled throughout the entire story of these interesting, thought-provoking cultural ideas that still apply to today even though this is set in the 1800s yeah
2: there's a lot to like about this episode um, starting with the direction starting with the, the the set design the graphics just
1: just the setting itself
2: the setting <laughs> this is a beautiful episode
1: I'd never heard of such a thing have you guys the frost fairs mm-hmm. no had no idea I had no idea this had was no a idea thing.
0: I didn't know the Timames would it got cold enough to Froze, froze, yeah. froze the whole top layer of the Thames over safe <laughs> enough to stand on no, no idea. idea
2: this is where he took river for her birthday
1: <laughs> was that what that did
0: was? he take her to the, frost the last
2: Fest of the World? great frost fairs oh. in fact stevie wonder apparently played just a few days earlier because yeah. this is the last oh of them. that's okay. right okay
0: i do recall that now that you've
2: brought that up to, i yeah. didn't i
0: didn't associate that but yeah did you I know didn't. what
1: that was more
2: than that i, I knew that it was a thing I didn't believe that it was a thing. <laughs> like, I'd heard that, that the Thames used to freeze over and they would do... And I went, no way. But apparently it's a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: that's just... Yeah, I had no idea. Which is amazing to me. That in it and is, of itself is... I mean, that would yeah. be like... A bunch of New Yorkers going out on the Hudson going, hey, look, let's have a carnival. <laughs> why you,
0: well, And I have this moment of when he says, you know, this is the last day before the thaw. And I thought, why would those people be out on the ice if this is the last... Oh, they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair ends tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I just thought, like, well,
2: okay, duh. <laughs> um, but it's a gorgeous episode. And, uh, you know, it was it was well realized. It was well encapsulated. And the writing is so very strong for all the pieces. All of the, all of the Doctor's pieces are great. All of Bill's pieces are great. All of the Doctor Bill stuff is great. The story in and of itself, yeah, it's kind of run-of-the-mill. In fact, it's very reminiscent of the uh, Torchwood episode where they've got the space whale yeah. for lack of a better term uh, that they're oh, chopping yeah, up yeah, for meat yeah. that keeps regenerating. I
0: had secretly hoped that this was that beast that they had captured. I thought that would have been a great little crossover tie. No, you know, no. I'm not a big fan of Torchwood, but I thought what a great connector if this is actually <laughs> that beast that they end up with later and they're harvesting for the meat.
2: Maybe it is.
1: What's great? What one thing I love about the
0: beast. Then there's a lot of that beast missing by the time Torchwood comes across it. Well, because who knows that, what they This, this cut thing off. was yeah. much bigger yeah. than
1: that. <laughs> well, what's great about it is we don't fully get to see it. Mm-hmm. That was one aspect I loved, that yeah. we didn't get the full-on Godzilla shot. That's a, great, saw it. That's it, a it was, great design element it, that we just yeah. don't ever to get We leave it, in mystery. To see it. We see aspects of it,
0: and that's it. Oh, the shots of the eye opening were just tremendously shot, oh, tremendously yeah. done. That was just yeah. very, very well done.
2: And so, taken out of context in the trailer... Like, meh. <laughs> the doctor <laughs> look and at Bill the, sta- under the... you know, standing in front of giant eye. Eh, okay, we, you know, but no, putting it in the context of the framework of the rest of that episode, that was a very intense moment. And even with the uh, old-school uh, scuba helmets and uh, dive gear and everything. I don't like the fact the... that they
1: used those instead of going to the TARDIS to get modern stuff. That yeah. was fine. That was a wonderful I, li- I really like that.
0: When, when, uh, in the scope of that had this not been as strong a story that might have bothered me a little bit but that that they that 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 seemed a, bl- a little too unrealistic it, it, it just under the surface i felt under the surface it, it felt a little unrealistic to me but i didn't care because it was the the, the story was so good that yeah i just thought okay that's what they have to use because it's Regency in London right now. <laughs> yeah. You've got they've got to go underneath the
2: water somehow, and this is the. What else are you gonna you grab? Know. That's what they uh, got. Yeah. So well, and it just it fit. It just again, it did you did fit. You didn't, yeah, it was you, very organic. You That's didn't want why it, it to worked. break the flow yeah. of the. And in fact, I was a little concerned when the Sonic makes its official triumphant appearance at the end of the episode that maybe it was not going to. Survive. That, that, well, oh. <laughs> I, I was vaguely worried. I wondered about that. how he was going to get the Sonic back.
0: Yeah, and then so he's I. he's pulling on something, and I'm like, "What's he doing?" And Then he pulls up to Sonic, <laughs> and it, he had attached it to a string the whole time. Like, okay, that's that
2: works. That's why it was dangling. I felt like our first really good look at the new Sonic. Oh, that's yeah, that's so, too. And yeah. it's it's a gorgeous. I, I have to go get one of these now. <laughs> I saw several of them at the mm-hmm. con. Yeah, I
0: think. Uh, not to its detriment, but I think this one looks a little more like a toy <laughs> than I any so. of the Sonics before. So but I'm okay with that, and especially because it's so drastically different than other Sonics we've yeah. had. I mean, they, they went bold with a redesign, and I appreciated
2: that. Mm-hmm. Which obviously means it does more now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yet he uses it less. Yep. At? Mark Mark Ironically. Eight now. It's running the same software still. <laughs> but um, the the conversation. Oh, no, it's p- running the same base software. <laughs> Still doing those calculations. Right.
0: Well, maybe not. Doesn't no, those calculations do are done. done. They finished it a lot. They finished
2: it. <laughs> that, w- that we know of.
0: Right? <laughs> well, they didn't end up having to use them because true. Clark came <laughs> through, yeah. through the door. But it was still done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it did. It, no, it,
2: it was done. He, he did yeah. say
1: it
0: was done, yeah.
2: But um, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I bet the doctor never cleared out the cash. Yeah, probably still, really still there, waiting yeah. to execute It's in an idle yeah. mode waiting. <laughs> Which Oh, wouldn't that be great if just at one point in time he goes, oh, that's still running, beep, and disintegrates a door. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do that? Long story. We, <laughs> I can only do it once. That or, would be perfect. I would be so or, excited for that. I'm glad that was still said he was still in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um, Sorry, go. No, the, the conversation specifically between Bill and the doctor where the child disappears on the ice and she's obviously affected by this.
0: Did anybody else have that? Just a brief moment of, wow, he's very unconcerned for this kid. Or, or very, He uh, wasn't even that he was unconcerned for the kid. He was kid, more concerned after, about the Sonic than yeah, the that's, kid. Yeah, that's that's what it seemed like. And I was like, oh, that's a little off-putting. Well, and then he uses that as the, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, you're <laughs> right. It- I just had that,
0: oh my gosh, that's kind of crass.
1: <coughs> well, it felt like a shade from previous seasons of this documentary. Yes, yes. It's like that. It's like it's any- almost
0: like it retroactively fixed all of that grumpiness that was. <laughs> Well, and it's shade like, that we well, were throwing. It,
1: it's almost the—he's softened as his regenerations yeah, have gone on, and he it smiles was, more this season too. If you does, notice that. Yeah. and he slips. It's that moment slips him back into his "I've got to not care" mode, right? Because right. caring hurts too much, right? Is how at least how I read that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. no,
2: I think you're right. It it, it was almost too much. It almost felt like it was going to fall back to that. He's got to have cue cards to remind him how to. Relate to people, but there's
0: redemption for taking that moment because it becomes that that moment between yeah yeah. him and Bill.
2: And what you said about you know Bill being the student and the doctor being the teacher, it's not even so much the the professor and Ace. It's more about getting Bill to think for herself, getting Bill to answer. You know, she's asking all these questions, she's constantly questioning things, and he doesn't give her answers kind of nudges her toward the answer yep. and gets her to think about it and rational it out for herself, which is what makes her such a great companion. But the two of them together are just phenomenal. They are. But that scene mm-hmm. in particular, where she's just raking him over the coals, you know, how many people How many people have you seen die? And he doesn't answer. And she realizes how many we're talking about. And then she asks him, you know, have you killed anybody? And he doesn't answer.
1: Oh, well, he tries to give he
2: up. tries. Yeah, first he kind of dances around it, and then he says yes. And her next step is, how many? And the doctor gets this look on his face that's almost, does it matter? Would, would your opinion <laughs> of me change if I said one? Oh, I Or yeah. 50. Yeah. Or 50 billion. Right. You know, the, 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 what is the value of a life? And it's you all right there in one look.
1: The impression I got was one fifty billion. it doesn't matter. A exactly. life
2: is a life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the fact that... Capaldi conveyed all of that with just a look, and then they <laughs> give us the speech later to the bad guy when he is like, "The value of a life is what," and it's just like, "Oh, this tied up so well." I mean, that was just so great.
0: the The other thing that though that does is it 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 really expounds on the character of the Doctor, and I think it gives the audience the best taste of. Why the doctor does what he does, why the doctor feels the way he does, why the doctor is sometimes comes across that way to us as very alien. And it really pounds that home. But then to turn around later, and then just before that speech, when they go in to talk to Sutcliffe and he's prepping her and saying, You know, often, <laughs> often, you know, we have to do, you have to take the diplomacy. You're going to, you know, you're, 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 you. <laughs> you're, you're going to feel like, you know, crass, let me do all the talking because you're you and you'll go off and you'll get uh you got a short temper yeah you a short temper whatever and calls for diplomacy and calls for diplomacy intact and sometimes uh i can't remember exactly what the phrase is but sometimes uh diplomacy is better than than uh honesty or whatever i can't remember how he says it or the right thing and then the guy comes in and he starts berating bill and the doctor goes (laughs) nope not human <laughs> or not not alien balance it's him across the jaw or maybe he said that afterwards but i i was like i i had this moment of like yes yeah <laughs> thank you so the doctor even has that um what am i looking for uh, expansion of his character because that's something very undoctor like yeah. and it's something that i can't see very many uh, uh past incarnations of the doctor doing just okay you deserve this pow and just hauling off without the without the diplomacy aspect of it but but that moment and then explaining that he realized that oh well he's not alien so he just really (laughs) deserves what i'm going to give him that kind of racism is an alien yeah
1: Yeah. which leads into the other value stuff too
2: probably the best moment in the entire there's again a lot to like that moment in particular... That was my favorite moment. ...is my favorite moment from this episode. Mm-hmm. That he just doesn't... He's just done. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of your BS, and I've only just met you. <laughs> Popped to the face. It was like... Up here.
1: Nope, not alien. <laughs> Going back to uh, Bill raking the doctor over the coals and that whole scene, it's... From a narrative standpoint, I also really liked it, because this is Bill's third adventure. And she's already getting this taste of what the Doctor is like, where sometimes we drag this out and they have these delusions of what the Doctor is like and don't see behind the curtain until so much later then. It's such a bigger, dramatic deal. I kind of like that it was a thing, we address it, and then we move on.
2: Well, that was a great thing because it, it, it almost had shades of Donna when we're dealing with Pompeii or the Ood, and she's so very emotional over the situation that's happening and and begging the doctor to do something about it. Yeah. And, and him kind of trying to rationalize why this occasion is not appropriate this occasion is and Donna doesn't care. <laughs> just either way, just do something. And so Bill kind of has that moment as you said it comes across early and she's she's just lost as to why why would you even you know, and it's, it's an emotional, and again, the emotional impact is not just that she saw her first person uh, get killed. It was a child. Yeah. A homeless child. Oh, I mean, how bad can we make this? You want to kick a puppy on the way across the ice? I mean, let's just keep adding to it. So she's really distraught. And then the doctor rationalizes it for her and says, look, sometimes this is the way it is. And no, it's not fair, but I, I, you, you, do you want do you want to be childish about it or do you want to go fix it? And she doesn't... It almost seems like that doesn't sit well with her until she sees him in action. Yeah. And the scene following that where he comes to the kids rescue with food yeah he doesn't want it
0: and and sitting down and reading to them and in fact yeah. what he's reading to him <laughs> is the realization that she conveys to the other little girl about you know that you you kind of it's at that point you realize that bill gets it yes mm-hmm. she's learned that she's finally that is soaked in
2: and that I think is almost more important is the fact that not only did we bring it up early we resolved it early yeah I mean, we got yes, her back exactly. on the doctor's side yeah. the, yes. you know and We're not going we to that...
0: spend the whole episode yeah. with conflict right. between the characters. And then
1: even later, when he gives Bill the choice of what do we do, it very much had shades of Kill the Moon,
2: but I felt that too executed way better. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> not only in the. The moon is an egg issue, but just the the, the, boy does nobody like the moon is an egg. The moral issues of the entire thing is a lot easier
0: to swallow. I even saw Shades of the Silurian two parter where the doctor sets Amy and the Silurians down to, uh, you know, you guys, it's your planet, you got to hammer this out.
2: Yeah. But the scene in particular where the kids are asking about Spider and Bill looks at the doctor and the doctor looks at the kids, the doctor looks back at Bill and Bill kind of gives him this eyebrow like. Uh, do something. And so he takes that lead and apparently stole everything in that guy's tent, which was awesome.
0: (laughs) Which is... That's, a, and again, another thing that comes back around is we have this, what seems to be just this fun moment of, you know, I could steal every, I could steal anything in here. And then he gets kicked out. He says, I said, I could steal anything in here. And, <laughs> in so, you the, in theory, and so you get the impression he didn't.
1: And then to <laughs> later pull that well, stuff
0: out, and then you're like, oh my God, he really did steal from that guy. Because
1: he shows the one that he did steal and yeah. then we don't still realize how much. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, at that point, I mean, Grand <laughs> Theft TARDIS. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> a fish pie, eh, and yeah. we're not going to bust you on that one. But just the fact that he comes in swooping to the rescue, which is so great and so brilliant, and so not what we've had previously from this doctor, yeah. and it's so welcome. Oh, it is! It's it is so welcome. this is
0: so refreshing.
2: This is I, Capaldi looks like he's having a blast. Yep. he's really enjoying himself right now. And I, I'm again a little melancholy that I'm sad that it took us this long to get to this yeah, point. And, and unfortunately you know, this to
0: be his last year. Part mm-hmm.
2: part of it, you know, could be explained off as just the evolution of his doctor, that he's going through this phase and kind of regaining his humanity for lack of a better term. And part of it could be on the back end that it's or on the front end, I guess, that it's it's the writers that maybe Moffat and Capaldi weren't meshing as well as they maybe could have, but this really showcases what could have been. Which um, this
1: is written by a previous writer, also. She wrote "Face the Raven,"
2: which is another one that, like last week's episode. All right, well, you're one and one now. <laughs> <Because> <laughs>
1: well, I liked most
0: of. Face I think the Raven. you liked "Face Raven." You and I kind of came down yeah. hard
1: on it. Yeah. I think this is a far superior it's a, yeah, story. Yeah, it's a definitely to a far superior the Raven story, regardless. And, the
2: Raven. and I, I, I hate, I hate to go back and harp on it, but maybe it's. Maybe it's the Claire element. Maybe that's yeah. really what's tied up with so much of the downfall of the of the, of the the earlier Capaldi episodes. But his mischievous streak, when he, when Bill asks him, so is there side effects of time travel? He goes, oh yeah, sometimes you see lights under the ice. <laughs> and his face lights up with this <laughs> Grinch-who-stole-Christmas smile. And he turns around and she's like, oh you saw those those? of course (laughs) i did when are we going to go to work you know (laughs) he's he's just he's on he's so on right now it's nothing illustrates
0: that more than when they first come out of the tardis and she has these concerns about you know you know if you step on a butterfly you send ripples through uh time that could change you know things down the road and she's so concerned about that and not not addressing it by saying you know no everything's okay it doesn't work don't that step way on a butterfly yeah it's a don't step on a butterfly and then he says well you know your friend uh, so so stepped on a butterfly pete, that's pete, what happened to Pete that's what happened to pete, <laughs> happened to pete. and she says who's Pete exactly
1: i <laughs> was just
0: playing with her that and way and then they end cool. it
1: with her saying something about pete and him going who <laughs> and then the little girl coming up with the flyer and holding out
0: the flyer and she's like trying to decide whether to take it and he goes you're not stepping on a butterfly, you're taking a flyer. <laughs>
2: the other thing I really want to point out is is the continual bringing us along on the on the first adventure. The The TARDIS reveal with Bill was so great. This director did a similar bit where there's that close-up where she steps down onto the ice. And it's kind of this whole, I'm in disbelief that this is a thing. Yeah. And then we get that moment where it's, and it comes back up to her, and she's just like, I'm standing on the Thames, you know, and I was right there with her.
0: She seems genuinely thrilled to be
2: doing these things. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and really so well done with that.
1: If I were to have one little nitpick, it would be the fact that it's a another alien creature that's being uh, you know, uh, uh, it's not an alien creature well, we don't know what it here's is. here's the
0: other thing i liked it's about this this is a <laughs> this is a period piece there is very little science fiction in this yeah. at
1: all including the dive helmets <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah
0: that's the beauty that now the, the the sonic is heavily sci-fi and the tardis being there is heavily sci-fi but everything about this is pretty much set period. And you can't call it historical, but it's very much period. Because he even makes the reference that terrestrial or alien, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it, it only, almost implying that we. I don't care where this thing came from, it could be terrestrial. It yeah. could be just a, a beast that got trapped here so many years ago that they've been utilizing or brutalizing, essentially. And so it, it's, it's that element of... They didn't even have to go there and say, you know, it splashed down millions of years. It could just be an evolved creature that we don't, oh, we've yeah. never. What do you call it? The uh, lockless monster. <laughs> that was great too.
1: Well, regardless, the the monster wound up being not the bad guy, and humanity is the evil, horrible thing. It's it's that trope again, yeah. but the settings of everything and everything else surrounding it makes me not care that that trope returned seems to be a theme this season well it seems to be a theme with most of moffat's who well, in general because <laughs> i can point to a whole litany of, yeah. of stories there. Oh, beast from. below <laughs> yeah exactly for that's just the that first was mel's many. first thought
2: she went is this the space whale i said I even back big to silence the in the library whale. i mean
1: the
0: vesture and rod are bad but the reason why the vesture and rod are there in the first place is because they we cut down their trees and made them oh, into yeah. books. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's it's just one. It's one of those tropes that in the right story works so well, and this is the right story.
2: Agreed.
0: Yep. Here, here.
1: How's your uh, your nod count going?
0: I uh, get, get. You know, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I didn't catch any this week. Maybe you guys saw some that you could pull in there.
2: Torchwood.
1: Well,
0: but <laughs> I think most of them were who I didn't catch anything other than I felt like this really could have been a hartnell or a, or a trout. Uh, well, the fact that we story. literally
1: pick right up where we left off. Yeah, yeah. You got. Of course, you
0: pointed that out last week that I. And, but uh, I,
1: I figured there was going to be a little
0: bit of overlap. That and being wasn't. said, there was no time for me to think about that. I was so engrossed <laughs> in this story that it wasn't until the end that I thought, "Oh, I didn't even look for the signs." So.
1: <laughs> I think most of it was just kind of companion-related. Uh, like, according to the TARDIS wiki, um, the directions to the wardrobe—the same one from *Unquiet yeah, Dead*. that's right. So, and then, of course, her concerns about racism shadows Shakespeare Code. Right. You know, that's yep. that sort of thing, but not uh, nothing from the classic. Not right? nothing heavy, classic, and, and it was.
2: Noticed. I don't want to. I don't know how much I want to say. It was nice or unfortunate that the doctor recognized that when when she said, you know, slavery is a thing. And he stopped and he looked back out the door and went, oh yeah. I mean, it was just... (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm not I, I wanted i should have went back and listened to it again to, to catch what she said but did she as as she was enjoying herself at the fair did not she say history is a little more black than i yeah she does say and, that, and the right? doctor
1: says yeah history's been whitewashed yeah, yeah.
0: i mean they they they, they bring address that up, it too thought, yeah oh, that was very that was very another funny. aspect yeah. i really liked history is a lot more black than i than it seems to be and so, yeah it's very whitewashed
1: excellent story
2: very excellent
0: all right. Well, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule?
2: Well, coming up on the schedule, this week's Friday Night Who. And apologies to anybody who tried to tune in for Friday Night Who. I
0: ask you how that went this week.
2: Well, Keith had texted me and said, hey, are you going to do it or not? And we'd had a pretty long Friday already at the con. And I said, you know what? Honestly, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. Um, and he said, well, we should probably post something saying that we're just going to cancel it. And if you, if you want to go ahead, you know, by all means, go ahead. But we won't be an active part of it this week. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll take care of that. And then I didn't. (laughs) I passed right out. So if anybody got on hoping to join us for The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances, I hope you went ahead and watched it and had a good time, and I apologize that we weren't there, but we had con. Uh, This week, we will be on with uh, The End of Time, Part 1 and 2 with David Tennant, because uh, there's some knocking going on in that episode, which... Fits just perfectly with next week's new Who episode. Knock, knock. (laughs) See how well that panned out?
0: I know who's in the uh, vault.
2: How potentially spoilery is it? I mean, are you going to give me something really out of it? (laughs) Well,
0: if you've seen the trailers and you know a certain somebody's coming back, I think that's who's in the vault.
2: Really? Yep. See, I don't think I'd go there. I don't think so
1: either. pretty sure that's who's in the vault. I think it's
2: more of a long game than that. I think so too we'll see
1: so that kind of gives you who I don't I think, think was I don't gonna think be. it's going
0: <laughs> to be revealed next week, don't get me wrong. Oh no, 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 not at all. But I think that's who's in the ball.
2: I don't think so. But we'll find out maybe next week, maybe not. I think that's
0: why he's knocking. Unfortunately, he's knocking 3 times and not 4 times, yeah. which would be even better. But if it
2: was 4, I'd be more inclined to go maybe
0: he'll knock 4 times before he comes out.
2: <laughs> if they change the knock, that'll be the kind of the big indicator. Yeah. But maybe maybe that's why they didn't do it. Maybe if he knocked four times, everybody would have gone ah, and left the conclusion. And maybe once again, Glenn has just spoiled this entire season. <laughs> and now you it's going to be coming somewhere. And now it's going to be really anticlimactic. Yep. We'll find out. But uh, then, of course, our show next week will be about knock knock, and uh, we'll let you know our thoughts then. As always you're welcome to you know if you watch the episode and you're like dude that was awesome or hey man that was terrible write us feedback and let us know we'll read it out on the show and talk about it this is a, a totally interactive podcast
0: and if you'd like to support us you can do so by clicking on the patreon support button on our website traveling there you can uh, become a Patreon supporter and support us on a month-to-month basis. Or I even believe that you could support us one time and then cancel uh, beyond that. Although, as Sean says, we don't like people like can- we well, No, we don't like that people <laughs> cancel. Uh, for those of you that are uh, supporting us on Patreon already, we thank you again. Our unending gratitude to you for doing so just a reminder i haven't heard from anybody yet but uh you've still got time people you know some people procrastinate and they may be waiting until the end of may to do it but if you could bring two people to our goodreads uh travel the vortex doctor who book club bring two people to good you can bring them to goodreads but if they're already on goodreads bring them to the book club uh if you do so give us a shout and say hey here's the people that we brought i brought we'll put you in a drawing for a prize at the end of may All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn.
2: I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing
1: you. Thanks for listening.
0: You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.